Hello and welcome to the GA show here on the 42.ie coming at you live from our newsroom here in Dublin. My own name is Gavin Casey, joined as per usual by our GA editor, or maybe the editor of the site overall actually, judging on the Sunday game last night, Fintan O'Toole. Congrats on the new gig, Fintan. Thanks, Gavin. Lovely to have you, but we're delighted to be joined as well by Ross Common, GA legend, icon, the man himself, Mr. Uh, Shane Curran. How are things? Very good. Excellent. Great Monday morning. It is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lovely to be here so early. Uh, Not that early at all, of course. Uh, It was a serious weekend, lots of action. Um, Shane, I suppose there's probably only one place to start with yourself here, and it was probably the most entertaining game uh, of the weekend as well. Uh, How are you feeling after that one yesterday? Excellent. Um, Really, a lot of emotions, I suppose, after the game. Um, You're delighted to be in it. You're probably a little bit feeling sorry that you didn't win it and uh, but most of all pride I think you know and the players and management and uh, supporters I think we're just delighted with with the team now that uh, is really fighting for the cause you know and, and punching above the weight in many ways but the performances over the last couple of games in particular the Connacht final and yesterday have proven that uh, winning the Nestor Cup was no fluke. Yeah, big time. Uh, were you surprised at all by the fact that you found yourselves well able to hang in there? I think particularly if you look at the pattern in the first half, it looked like after Ross Common had this electric start, you kind of got 20 minutes without scoring almost, and maybe it looked like the game was just going to get away from them, but it seemed like they needed half-time, and whatever happened at half-time, it, it obviously worked. Yeah, it gave them a, a probably a necessary respite. We all come back into the game, as you said. Um, Ross Common got off to a blistering start, 2-2 in the first 8-9 minutes. But unfortunately, they repeated probably um, the issues that they had in the comic final as well. They didn't score for over 20 minutes again. Got their beards a bit before half-time and, and closed it out at two points down. And I think when Kevin got them into the dressing room, he would have focused on, on the really positive start. We then went a bit static, I think, in our play. Um, a lot of lateral passing and that. And what makes Roscommon probably more dynamic than any other team is the two players inside, Kieran and Jim Murta. Uh, when they get quick early ball... Uh, they have the ability to, to, to um, give trouble to defences no matter how good they are. And we've done that for, as you said, the first 10 minutes, but then maybe it's a combination of probably Mayo and their experience as well, uh, nullifying the threat in around the middle third. And we struggled from there into the, to the, to the, to the half-time break. Um, and Kevin got them in, obviously, and um, worked his magic. And they came out and, you know, that equalised after about three minutes, four minutes. And again, I think similar to the Connacht final, when Galway came at us, uh, we had a response. Uh, when Mayo came at us yesterday, we had a response. And um, we stuck stuck to the plan and, and stuck to the game and, and uh, showed great, great uh, enthusiasm and, and energy, really, to keep at it and keep at it when a lot of players looked out on their feet and out on their legs. I think that the one thing that has probably surprised everybody is that for a small team, we physically were able to put it up to both Galway and Mayo. And I think that takes courage and, and it takes a lot of pride in the jersey and a lot of heart. And when you have that, uh, a lot of the players have tremendous football ability, as we know and have seen, um, have won a lot of, uh, or been competitive in under-21 Connacht Championships, uh, got to a couple of All-Ireland Finals, um, with players with Secrets and Cup medals. So we have players that are used to beating the Mio's and the Galways over the last seven or eight years, or at least been on a level par and competing. And I think we've seen that yesterday, that they showed no fear of... of they're more experienced opponents. That gap, that gap you talked about in the physical stakes, Kevin mentioned that last week. Did you think, was that an element of mind games? I mean, he was going on about that we're not going to be physically able to match Mayo, or do you think it was a genuine kind of a fear that he had coming into the game, considering that, I suppose, Roscommon are kind of maybe first or second year kind of development, whereas this Mayo team, a lot of them pretty much on the road since 2011, really, at this stage, aren't they? 
That's right, and, and, and you know, they have that experience, but also have the conditioning of that. And I, no, I don't think he's been, I think Kevin is very, uh, he's very transparent in his views, mm -hmm. and very open and honest, and I think, you know, I think we should, if we see more of it, we'd, we'd be a lot better off. You can't hoodwink people that know the game anyhow. Uh, and I think if you look at, if you were to look at both teams in a parade, you'd say, look, at there's one of them a junior team and one of them a senior team. But somewhere inside Roscommon, they've got this heart and, and this pride and this determination and courage, as we said, and it's very, very hard to fight against that. I think it, it can make up sometimes um, for a lack of experience or maybe for a lack of quality. And uh, yesterday and in the comic final, they've proven that it was no one-off and uh, these players are growing in stature now all the time. It's pretty good vindication for Kevin, isn't it? And Liam, I mean, they've obviously had a, you, know, you know them pretty well from your time at St. Bridges. Tough couple of years with the way you know, after last year, the way it kind of went off the rails a bit in the championship, and given some of the beatings they took this year in the league, and we've heard a lot about the criticism kind of inside the county. But I mean, they've pretty much backed it up, haven't they, in the summer now? That I think they always said this spring, judges on what happens in championship. But I mean, taking Mayo to replay, they've beaten Galway. That's a couple of big, big championship displays back to back. Yeah, and it's a triumph for good coaching and, and good management and sensible, a sensible approach. Uh, to how, how things should be done. Um, obviously, I worked with Kevin Lean with, with Bridget's, and uh, that approach, uh, you know, it's a kind of a, an arm around the shoulder approach, but yet, you know, a strong approach when it's required. Um, it's not a dictatorship, and I think what, has, what I've been most impressed about is that out when we won the Connacht final, football was brought to the supporters, it was brought to the towns and villages. Uh, there was an, open, an openness and a transparency about it, there was no hiding around corners and wondering, are you going to have a pint here or can we have a pint? The players are encouraged to enjoy themselves and, and that transmit, transmits onto the pitch and I, and I think um, the Roscommon story this year in particular has given hope maybe to a lot of other counties uh, in a couple other provinces that may have given up the ghost on fighting against the more uh, the bigger counties, the stronger counties and the more financially adept counties. Uh, that good coaching, good management can bring players on and I think if you're a, player t a players type manager that understands that they've got issues outside of the game that need to be managed and controlled as much as inside the game um, then you can you can get performances out of players and you can get them to uh, play to an optimum level uh, that may a lot of observers in Roscommon wouldn't have thought within them now there are other issues and, and look I'm not going to um, go into them too in depth here but there are players who shouldn't who aren't playing that was their choice not to play in a lot of cases in some cases it wasn't their choice uh, and I think if we're to, to, to develop further on the progress of this year, uh, and it's not finished yet, um, those we need to find answers and solutions to those those issues with the players. And I think with Kevin and Liam, when they sit down and, and analyse the, the season um, when it finishes, and hopefully that will be on the third Sunday in September, um, you know, you know, if if we can develop along the lines that we've developed over the last 12, 14 months, well then our future is very, very good. Uh, but I would caution as well that, you know, sometimes first season syndrome, you get the maximum out of players, the second season then you have to embellish the squad, make it stronger, and then create that family aspect and that feel to it, which is not just internal to the squad, it's internal to the county, because like any other county, there's a lot of politics in it, um, but we're all rowing the boat currently in the one direction, and I would like to see that con continuing, and I think it's important that it does. Yeah, you mentioned the third Sunday in September there. Uh, the replay has just been confirmed for 2pm in Croke Park next Monday. So yeah. the first Monday in August. Uh, I suppose we often hear with replays like that, uh, the team that's the perceived underdog has sort of missed their chance. But that probably doesn't apply to Mayo this year. But like, 
they're really not beating anyone out of the gate and it's like they're leaving everybody in with a chance even Cork recently uh, despite what Kerry did to Cork so Ross Cameron are going into this and I would imagine a few people will have them down as favourites now even though they went into the original one as underdogs Gooch last night for example said he thinks he'll do it yeah absolutely and I think there's a feeling that you know um, that Mayo are on their last legs I think if you even look over the last couple of seasons Fermanagh probably should have beaten them down in Castlebar last mm-hmm. year I don't think the Derry game this year was as close as people suggest. I think they, they kicked it probably away in a lot of cases. It was a comfortable enough win for them. I know it went extra time. Uh, they won extra time, I think, by 11 or 12 points. So they, they pushed on. The court game was, was a, um, a game, I think, that they look back and said that's a game that we should really have closed out a lot easier. There were seven points up on the 52nd, 53rd minute. The management, for some reason, decided to take off two or three players. Lee Keegan uh, got a black card and suddenly gaps appeared in their defence. Something similar happened yesterday, funnily enough, I think they took off Colin Boyle, which I, th- I thought was a, a mistake at the time, I thought he was playing very, quite well. He was really well, wasn't he? He was yeah. playing very well, and I, I don't know what the rationale is behind some of these decision makings, and, and the Mayo management over the last couple of years have been at this kind of, I think it's kind of trying to justify maybe their own importance in some ways, uh, we've seen it with the goalkeepers last year. Uh, we've seen numerous examples this year of it. Uh, and again, yesterday, taking off Colin Boyle, to me, made no sense. Um, Parsons probably has an injury, so maybe that's the reason he didn't start. And they will say, look, that they're trying to, to, to extend their squad and need fresh legs. But I think Colin Boyle was, was really f- was looked very fresh yesterday. And then the reason that they took him off, only they'll know. But th- they're coming closer to the pack. Uh, I think they've played double, if not triple, the amount of minutes that Roscommon have played this year uh, and it shows maybe on the other hand the vagaries of the whole the whole lunacy of the, the fixture scheduling and the competition itself but that's a whole different a whole different matter altogether we'll be here all day we'll be here all day for that we won't we won't solve that today but um i think you know we also have to say about Mio that they showed tremendous courage you know as a team outside of dublin i think they've been one of the greatest ambassadors for gaelic football in in the country of all time uh, what they've had to go through and what they've had to put their bodies through. And yesterday, um, Sean Malouli at, at six was outstanding for Roscommon. He laid O'Shea in his pocket the whole game. But a turning point almost came with about five, six minutes to go where O'Shea tracked David Murray right in on the 21-yard line. It was, it was a one-on-one. Big interception, yeah. A yeah, big, right. big interception. Huge, huge. And that just shows you that they've got that experience, they've got that quality, they've, they've got that never-say-die attitude. And he's a player that's taken a lot of stick over the last number of years as well. Uh, but yesterday, in, uh, in a funny way, he, he kind of sh- he showed up in a different in a different light. Uh, he didn't give it up even though his own game was suffering. And he tracked David, uh, would have been a goal, certainly would have been a changing point. Mio go down the field and get get a, get a, get a, what looked like a winning point, or the lead point. And um, they've got that ability. Um, but Roscommon showed yesterday that they've also got ability and they've got players who are growing now in stature as, as the, ch- the, ch- the campaign and the championship goes on. I mean, shooting was a bit of a problem yesterday for them, wasn't it? I mean, one thing about the Cork game, I think it was 21 or the 24, I think, was their conversion open play. And it was like, obviously, as the charge has been levelled at them so much, but they were absolutely brilliant in that game. And you spoke earlier, I suppose, about the Derry game, the ways. But like yesterday, like some of the shots, maybe at the end, getting the wrong kind of players in position. Uh, Killian O'Connor, I think he had three chances in injury time. Maybe not all the most straightforward ones, but for them to only to go from 27 points one week and only next time to 12 yesterday was a fair old drop. Yeah, and fatigue can play a part in that too, you know, and tiredness. And, and look at the, the at the end of the day, they are amateur players. They have to get up and go to work, and they have, I'm sure, there are an hour sessions and all that. But at the same time, 
you know, they are amateur, and you know, sometimes these decisions are made. The Killeen O'Connor, I think he had three misses, but two of them were from one of them was from a free that was 55 yards out, it dropped short. Mm -hmm. The other one, I think, on the Cusick stand side where he turned inside, you know, he'll know that he should have done better on that. Um, but there, there are days like that when, when it doesn't just happen for you, and some of the shot selection was poor. I'd have to say Roscommon as well, um, you know, when we had them at seven points up, or certainly four points up, we had a couple of opportunities to knack one or two ball, balls over the bar, and there were poor wides from in front of the goal. So it can happen in teams, you're not going to just get, get full 100% um, dartboard stuff really, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't happen. Um, in the first half, I think, you know, Mayo did miss, their shot selection was poor at times, but they were under pressure. And uh, you know the Roscommon defence, I thought, manfully done very well in the man-to-man -man tackles, uh, in the one-on-one setups, and when they needed to get covering around the ball, they tackled brilliantly. And I think the referee used it as well. He allowed a lot of the the the, the two and three-man tackles go, and the team that, that turned it over had had advantage of the ball, which is good to see. I think sometimes um, fouls are given. Uh, far too easily, but McQuillan did allow that to happen yesterday. He allowed the game flow, and there was no brandishing of cards left, right, and centre, which is sometimes it's like Joseph and his technical or dream coach. You don't know what sort of card is going to be thrown out. Is it yellow, black, green, blue, or are they going to invent another card? Um, so I, I thought yesterday was quite good. I'd have to say we got lucky enough on a couple of occasions, maybe. Um, it could have been one black card. Yeah. <laughs> um, but th that happens. I, I, I much sooner, sooner see the game flow. Uh, uh, without the game being broken up, and I think yesterday McQuillan done a right good job. And referees do come in for a lot of criticism at times, but yesterday was good. Yeah, big time. Uh, a lot of comments coming in here about the game yesterday for yourself, Shane. Uh, yeah, best comment actually would be giving away a 42 snapback, so uh, keep them flying in and we'll get Shane's answer. So Declan Hare says, Roscommon have really turned it around this year, all doom and gloom early in the year, which is actually a fair point. I think you touched upon that uh, a minute ago, Shane. Judith Charmers McEnany says, uh, or asks, why were the forwards so static, I think, in reference to Roscommon more so than Mayo? And you mentioned the uh, Murtaz and, I suppose, Noel Kilroy as well yesterday. There was maybe an, uh, uh, an aspect of it where they didn't quite have the pace to get in behind Mayo, like, but... They, I thought they performed fairly capably by the same token. I mean, at this at this level of competition, I think if you even if you look at the Kerry game, um, Gainey's and and James O'Donoghue were almost out of the game yesterday, mm. uh, and then obviously they had a, they had another man that could 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 step up to the plate. Um, yesterday, Fenton Craig played very well for Scotland, albeit uh, probably in a, in the middle third role. Um, the Murtas of these guys are all going to be well marked. I think Killian O'Connor, you see it at this level, that defenders have that extra little bit of an edge on them. Uh, they get an extra player around the ball, they slow things up a small bit. And guys like this, they thrive on early ball space. And that's, that's how, they, how they play. And if they get that early ball in space, um, they can hurt teams. But the way sides are conditioned now, if you, you mentioned Nile Kilroy, Nile Kilroy really is playing as a uh, an orthodox sweeper really is what he does and he, he fills in for Sean Malouli when Sean Malouli goes forward and I think yesterday he played that role brilliantly. What sometimes happens is obviously Roscommon got a huge start yesterday, came out like a, a bullet out of a gun. Mayo then I think showed their experience, they got Roscommon to slow things down a bit. We don't have a target man like Donaghy where you can fire in a ball from 60 yards over the top and, and hope, not nearly like a hit and hope ball, that he's going to get his hands on it and you get two or three players around him to pick up the break and you can slot a ball in the, go in the back of the net, something similar to what they done again me on the Ireland semi-final two years ago. 
uh, when they over five points up. We don't have that type of player, so we got to put it through the, the one bounce pass in front of them nearly all the time. Or you're looking for a ball, a diagonal ball that can find a player in space, similar to Keane Connolly in the, in the Connacht final, where he's one on one. You fire in a ball one into him, and you hope that it's good enough for him to win the ball in front, slip his defender, and stop it in the back of the net. You will get a couple of opportunities like that in matches, but against the really good teams, they generally snuff you out. And the snuff out, it's very difficult now to play as an inside forward because more often than not, I don't know what the stats are, but I would say they're in the 70s, 80s, you're receiving the ball with your back to goal. And if you're receiving the ball with your back to goal, technically it's very, very difficult to go one-on-one -on -one with, with the really good defenders. Yeah. So you're relying more so on the players coming from deep to overload into the into the full forward line and take second passes, like we did for the Kieran Murtha goal, or Kim, uh, the Kieran Murtha goal. We got the ball in, ball to goal received, and the runner comes off at a good, a good pace, overloading the, the, the defence where they don't know where to pick up the players, and it's in the back of the net. It's difficult to do that all the time. Yeah. Um, in the modern game, um, because there's very few one on ones. Yeah, big time. Uh, Johnny O'Keefe was wondering who do you think was man of the match yesterday? Um, I, I would have given it to Niall Kilroy. I, I thought he was brilliant. Out that, from a Roscommon perspective, I would have given it to Niall Kilroy, Sean Maluli, um, David Murray, um, Finton Craig in some cases was, was, was very, very good. Uh, John McManus played well on the Roscommon side. Uh, I'd have to say that Lee Keegan did play, was, was awesome. Um, and he is one of the, the best footballers I've ever seen, I think, in terms of his, his stature, in terms of what he can do. Uh, he's, he's the full package, he's, he's got it all enveloped, he can defend, he can attack, uh, he's strong, uh, he's intelligent. Uh, he does pick up the odd black card, he plays on the edge. Um, he, you know, yesterday I think uh, the, the testing of the fabric of the Roscommon jerseys was, was done on a few <laughs> occasions. but. I'm not going to nail any player for that and, and I'm not going to personalise it. I think every defender now, there's common defenders do it, they all do it. Mm. Uh, it's to what extent you can get away with uh, playing on the edge. Um, Niall McInerney again yesterday, uh, very good for common. But um, you know, I, I thought if you were splitting it between Hayes, Niall Kilroy played brilliantly um, in his role. Keegan played brilliantly in his role and added 1-3, albeit one of them a deflected goal. Uh, I think that's one thing I suppose Roscommon will be a little bit disappointed in is that when we got the seven points the second goal we parted like the Red Sea and, and uh, Keegan had I think 80 yards to run with nobody, no half back line. Uh, I don't know how that happened and I think when Kevin sits down to analyse that at critical junctures in a game you have to know how to close things down and maybe take a yellow card kick a ball off the goalkeeper's tee and just settle things down. Yeah. Uh, but that can happen when you're an inexperienced side. Yeah, a bit time. Um, one last one maybe on yesterday before we talk about the other games. Dara Foy, cheers Dara, he asks, uh, or she asks, it could be a girl, uh, do you feel there is a gap in class between Connacht teams in quarterfinals to the other teams there from the other provinces? No, I don't. I, I think look at I think this year's championship has been very invigorating. We've you know last year as well we've seen Tipperary come. This year we've seen Kildare come in Leinster. We've seen our revitalisation of of Armagh, which I think is great for the game. Uh, Galway have come back to a certain extent, um, winning the Connacht championship last year, quarter final again this year. Um, the South uh, is probably struggling a small bit. Um, Cork to varying degrees have, have come back but have the 
uh, next year be a big, big, big uh, question for them and see can they can they move on from Padre Healy and, and get a manager in and get the resources around them. But I think it's been a really good championship, um, and ourselves obviously are adding to it. So there's a lot of counties that maybe without hope have now a certain amount of hope of getting to a certain level, uh, be it quarter final or semi final. It's making that that huge gap and that transition from Mayo's, Kerry's, and Dublin's. Uh, can we do it? I think some team can, one or two teams possibly will decide can they get into the bracket with Tyrone uh, and maybe Mayo and push for an All-Ireland and Roscommon are well placed for to do that. Maybe Armagh over another couple of years, uh, maybe you could see the re-emergence of Donegal. So the championship has been reinvigorated by, by new kids on the block, uh, so to speak, and I think that's good. And Roscommon, you know, I think the last team to win a an All Ireland with a population under 100,000 is, is awfully uh, in, in terms of football. 82, yeah. In 82. That's a long, long time ago. Mm. Uh, I was just out in Happies at the time. <laughs> you probably weren't even born, lads, but anyhow. Yeah, um, so, uh, you know, 82. So, the, what Roscommon have done this year is given hope uh, to those type of counties. And to, can you reinvigorate them? Can you get that traditional football element, that football family, uh, like a juggernaut behind you? That's really what's important, and that you bring football to the people, to the communities, and I think in a lot of counties uh, players have been cocooned away from the supporters, they've been cocooned away from uh, the, 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 the limelight in a lot of ways, and even after matches, you know, there's that mixture, that element of going to a pub, or wherever it may be, to have a chat and an hour, I think we need to get back to more of that, that, to make counties a lot better, and in Roscommon that's been done, and it's been done on a lot of levels in other counties. And I think if we see that, we'll, we'll, have a, we'll have a much more vibrant championship going forward. Uh, we need to change the structures and the, and the way that the championship is, is run. But look, that's an ongoing, uh, an ongoing debate. Yeah, big time. I, I suppose you're speaking about Roscommon's resurgence. We saw Armagh as well mentioned in a minute ago how um, they've kind of been just quietly motoring fairly well. And I don't think it was obviously it wasn't a shock that they'd be there necessarily. But maybe if you asked somebody a year ago as to whether they'd be there again. You know, there would have been an element of uncertainty, but what did you make of it? And I suppose the main talking about here is Kieran McGinney, and he's kind of at it again for all the, mm. the criticism of him in, in recent years. They're a very strange team to analyse. I mean, they haven't won a game in Ulster in three years. They're in Division 3. You know, they couldn't get the job done on a few occasions this year in the league to, to get promotion. Aside from the last day getting caught by tip, there was another couple of results you know, that they could have been out of sight by the time it came to the last day. And then, you know, they lose, they really fade really badly in the second half of the start against Down. You know, they got a couple of couple of wins. Confidence. I was at the the tip game. I think that did a lot for them. I mean, like it was away from home. Uh, like they're really, really passionate supporters. Like and there was a big crowd down in Thursday Saturday supporting them on, and they seemed to harness that again. Same on Saturday night. But I think the tip game was a big one for them. And I mean, now they've beaten the all, last year's All Ireland semi finalists and this year's Leinster finalists. And they're probably going as underdogs on Saturday against Tyrone. But I mean, like they'll they'll relish that. Like you know, I mean the fact that with all the history of it. I mean. I suppose players on both sides, it's, it's pretty much changed, hasn't it, from what you know the, the games are in kind of 03, 02 and, uh, and that era. But um, huge achievement. And like, I think the one thing about them is like they play really, really good football to watch. I mean, mm. Obviously, Jamie Clark got all the headlines on Saturday. Like, he was brilliant in the second half, but I thought the point that Ethan Rafferty kicked for 10 minutes to go was absolutely fantastic, you know, stepped in from the Owens' side. So, same against Bray, they played really, really good football, and it's, it's been a pretty impressive uh, turnaround, you know, considering the way the down match had gone for them. No, absolutely. I think it's a triumph of perseverance and, and patience uh, with with a process. And Kieran, uh, you know, he spent I think five or six years with with Kildare, 
got them to a to a quite decent level where they were competitive and you know you could argue a number of refereeing decisions really went against him and his team on a number of occasions. Uh, I I find him a very intriguing individual. I find him a, a tremendous um, ambassador for the game. Uh, I was over Park Pierce's for two years, and I'd rang, rang him up on a number of occasions to come down for training. He couldn't make it, but. We'd spend an hour on the phone having a chat and uh, any questions I had for him, he was very transparent and very open about answering them and that not, that's not necessarily the perception of the man. Uh, I think he could do maybe smile a little bit more, you know, and he has this kind of, um, you know, I suppose people have this, this view of him that, that he's a very serious individual and that reflects in his teams. Um, but we've seen Saturday night, a team that, that's prepared to play open football, good football, uh, off the cuff stuff and, and the likes of Clark who is a top 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 performer a really really great player and a player I love to see playing uh, similar again to, to Jeremy and Kieran Merton and some of the lads we have and Killian O'Connor and Bernard Brogan and all these lads now he's getting the stage and that he deserves to showcase his talent and the perseverance our Mac County Board have had with Kieran to keep with him and keep with, it, with his programme and, and maybe Allowing himself to soften his stance in some ways and look at a different approach to the game uh, is giving Arma uh, that extra little bit of flexibility in terms of their tactics. And I think there will be a breakout over the next couple of years away from the, the Tyrone maybe element and certainly the way Johnny Gall played. There's to, to to compete now and to win. To compete, you can you can compete by being defensive and have 14 and 15 men behind the ball. But if you really want to have a go and try and win something, as Roscommon have proved, you have to have both sides of the, of the tactical element. So you've got to be able to defend properly, but you also be, have to be able to attack. And that means committing players to attack, committing players to an overload when you go forward and take your chances. And I think we've seen a bit of that with Armagh. Um, the weekend, and I think we've seen more of that in football this year. Mark, we the market is going to contribute to that, hasn't it? I mean, there's, there's been, a, I think, I don't know what the actual stats are, but there's definitely been a lot more long kickouts in this year's championship. And I mean, I think Saturday night, Neil Grimley and Stephen Sheridan like, gave our map platform because you're able to quickly counter attack before a team yes. is able to get, you know, flood all the bodies back and retreat and, and set up like in a defensive wall. Yeah, that's true, and, and it has helped. Now, we didn't see too much of it in the Roscommon game yesterday, no, funnily yeah. enough. Um, but I, I do agree, and I think if you look at, the, the, I've seen stats there uh, of Dublin's kickouts, there is a complete changeover, it's a two-thirds changeover from short kickouts down to long kickouts. Uh, but they've got the players and they've got the physical attributes and, and the strength uh, to be, and a goalkeeper that can pick out players at distance and short intervals to be able to, to make the mark a huge advantage. And I think teams that can make that an advantage, absolutely, you're kicking at 60, 70 yards away from your own goal, uh, a good kick in and you're straightening your full forward line. So it's allowing teams maybe transition a lot faster, save energy, uh, and have the energy to defend properly, maybe when, when, it's, when it's required. And Arma are using that particular tactic quite well. Yeah, big time. Well, things didn't quite go to plan for Kildare, of course. Against Armagh, uh, we did catch up with Daniel Flynn beforehand. Um, he's a lot happier in this clip, I'd imagine, than he is now. But he was talking to us about his hero in GA, which is a feature we'll be running on the GA show here in the 42.e for the foreseeable future. So uh, here's Daniel's take on growing up being a GA fan. Sandy, I kind of only up until about I was 16 or 17 I kind of really started playing football and uh, I started playing properly kind of started to get really into it um, and at that stage up until then I didn't really but at that stage I kind of then started to probably look up to 
that current Kildare team and in 09, 010, probably the likes of Johnny Doyle and Brian Fanningham would have been say, my club, club man and he would have been playing centre back in that team. So they would have been the kind of the people I would have kind of looked up to and tried to you know, emulate. When I was younger, I kind of didn't have a, a girl for it or wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't have thought myself to be good at it. And then that's, I kind of got a feel for it and it says for it then. And, uh, I don't know, it kind of took off then. <laughs> Schools football was kind of the big turning factor. Maybe I played a year for Kildare Miners at that age, and kind of overnight, kind of I kind of went from being kind of low to average to kind of actually playing well in the games and, and doing well. There's no rush, like there's there is no panic. Um, that would be the big thing. Uh, I think I, I didn't start really. I started playing when I was younger, of course, when I was ten or that, but it was wasn't only the last stage that I really got into the game. I think Johnny Doyle was the same, he didn't play minor under 21, he didn't kind of come onto the scene until he was 23. Bernard Brogan, similarly. There's loads and loads of time. Just practice your skills, practice your game. Yeah, that's all really. Daniel Flynn there talking about his GA hero, or kind of lack thereof as it transpired. Uh, one icon, I suppose, that we uh, touched upon earlier, but I think deserves a little bit more of a mention, is Kieran Donnelly and his performance against Galway. Shane, from a goalkeeper's perspective, uh, how do you kind of deal with a man like that? <laughs> uh, if you could get up and split his spine maybe or some kind of <laughs> knee into the back at something very early on, I don't know how you do it. Uh, I think you know his, his, his performance uh, against Galway was outstanding. I think he's, even against Cork, he was, he's been, he's really, in, he looks re-enthused, reinvigorated. Mm. Um, he looks like he's a guy that, he, I think he's played a lot of basketball over, over the winter. His feet look quick. His finish yesterday with the left foot was was outstanding. Um, he seems to be playing with a, with, a, with a kind of an air of exuberance, I suppose, really. And, and probably Eamon maybe has a lot to do with that as well. And, and he's a player, obviously, that's taken a lot of critique over the last couple of years. Um, and Kerry's play in some games maybe has been a bit one-dimensional in that if it's not working when it's going into him, have they any other tricks? Um, Gini, while he didn't play well against Galway, uh, and... Um, the other players around him, uh, he, he, he carried them on Sunday against Galway and, and uh, I think it's great to see that a player of his age, I think he's 34, 35 now, uh, can actually stay with that limitless, boundless energy and keep coming back despite the criticism uh, and I think a lot of the stuff that goes on in the GE at the moment, the personalised attacks on players um, are wrong, you know, these keyboard warriors that we hear and see about on, on Twitter and Facebook and all that sort of stuff. It's a pity some of them can't be jailed, you know, half the time just taken off the system. Um, because it does get very um, nasty and, and Kieran has got a lot of that and I think Kitty O'Connor got a, got a bit of it as well after yesterday from various different um, fools. But he, I think he was brilliant, you know, and I think he, he's, he's a real credit to any young aspiring young player coming up. You know, that you can play as long as you want if you look after yourself and you're, you're coached properly and you've got a manager then as well. And maybe allows you over the winter to do things that are slightly different. Mm. Um, yeah, like you give them the whole spring off, and off, I mean, yeah. it, it, it's really paid off. Hasn't it? Uh, that's absolutely it, Fenton. And, and I think you have to manage within a group. Players have got to be managed differently. If if a guy goes off and plays basketball and it's going to help him at the business end of the season, you have to have a brain and an intellect to allow the player to do that. And that's why Eamon Fitzmaurice is there. My such a good manager. Uh, you know, also taking maybe certain players want maybe need to do yoga or something like that over the winter months and keep away from winter football because it doesn't suit their bodies. But that's a that's a I suppose a, a mathematical 
thing that managers have got to make a decision on their players, what they can do, what they can't do, and that the group understands that it's for the benefit of the group in the longer term, without there being any, any mischievous kind of individual inside the group who says, well, he's not doing it, why should I do it? Uh, but you won't get that in the likes of Kerry, you won't get it in squads that want to develop and that want to be successful and that have ambition. Um, and I think, you know, looking at him yesterday, I'd like to see him playing for another couple of years. But going back to your question about what should a goalkeeper do, um, I think it's very difficult, even for a full-back. I think Galway tried to double-team him yesterday. Yeah, they, they started David Walsh and Owen Corn was kind of sweeping, but I think it was four, four high balls in in the first 20 minutes. And he, uh, the ball. he got a point from one, goal for another, was fouled for another for James Brennan, who free. Yeah. Galway surrounded him for one of them, and uh, they did win a free out, but I mean, ultimately he was causing havoc inside there. He was causing havoc. The, the, the quality of the ball into him, though, was also very good. And, and there's lack of pressure out the field then, isn't Lack there? of pressure out the field, and if there's a lack of pressure out the field, the Kerry players are very, very good at kick passing, and the elevation of the pass. Is almost to his to is always to his advantage. You know, it allows him get the ball at an angle, not front facing. So if a, if a defender is coming behind you and the ball is kicked straight, it's quite easy enough get up there and bang it. But if it's to an angle where he can open on his strong side and close on his strong close on his weak side, it's very very difficult finishing. That's what he done Sunday. He won the ball on his strong side and he closed off on his perceived weak side, his left foot, by turning in and putting it in the back of the net. How many times have we seen that? from Donaghy in the last number of years, not that many, but he's used probably basketball over the summer to work on those type of angles, probably along with a coach and said, well, I need to improve on this. And he's gone and improved at a 34-35. And that shows you what type of a, an athlete he is and also his mentality, that I can come back and I can do things a little bit different. And the coaching is good, kick passing excellent, but you know that's the challenge for other teams that come up against Kerry now. Can they close that type of threat out uh, with a player of his quality in there? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of a lot to be said for basketball. I thought I saw a couple of pick and rolls in the in the game yesterday. I know Lee McHale has a bit of a basketball involvement as well. But right. uh, we might finish on a comment here from Mickey McHugh. Uh, thanks for all the comments, by the way, so far. Uh, I think the answer to this one is fairly short, lads, but uh, leave it up to yourselves. Can Fintan or Shane see any hole for Monaghan versus Dublin? If they were Maliki, as in if you guys were Maliki, would they go at Dublin or employ the blanket? I'd look for a change in the rules if we could play 21 players against 15. That's what I'd be looking for if I was Maliki. But anyhow, on a more serious note, um, I think he's a, Maliki Roker's been around a while at this level. He, he understands what, what's needed. Um, some managers at some stage is going to pick out the patterns in the Dublin play uh, that will give his team the best opportunity of being firstly competitive, but then maybe the opportunity of creating an upset. And if he can pick out the patterns in the play, it gives you a huge advantage uh, if you can give that information to your players at the correct time and giving them a willingness and a knowingness that this is what they're going to do, this is how they're going to try and do it. Yes, there's a fluidity and there's a flexibility to their, to their tactics um, that, that will mean that what I put up on a dartboard or put up on a whiteboard or put up on whatever board here for you guys uh, may not necessarily happen all the time, but it will give them a picture um, of looking into another team that a lot of people think are unbeatable. I think they're probably as unbeatable as a team can be. But a manager someday will pick those patterns and he will say, this is going to give my team the best chance. If Maliki Rook does that, he certainly has got really, really good players. They're an experienced Division One outfit. Mm. Uh, they're a talented group of players. Um, can they get a good start like Roscommon did yesterday and start asking questions of Dublin? Uh, some team someday is going to do that. 
Uh, will it be Monaghan this weekend? I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. I just don't think they have enough of, of bullets in their armoury really to, to, to take them on. But at some stage, a team will. And they will do it by playing football that's open and honest and that puts a, puts a principle on attacking football. Yeah. That's the only way it can be done. It cannot be done by parking the bus. Uh, and I would like to see Monaghan having a go at it and that when Malachi Rook sits down, okay, can we pick three or four things that even if they don't work, let's try them and see, let's ask the questions. Like me, done, I know it's a long time ago and Dublin were a different um, part of their development at the time, but they got five goals. Uh, if a good team got two goals, rolled in two goals in the first 20 minutes, start asking the questions, get to half time, a point up or a point down, start asking the questions again in the second half. Maybe, maybe, quite maybe. A team with belief can do it. A manager that has the belief to send his team out with that belief is the team that will do it. Uh, maybe Monaghan will, uh, but I would think that on this occasion, Dublin will, will come through by seven or eight points. Yeah, there'll probably be a concern for Monaghan with the way they're defending at the moment. Drew Boy just doesn't look in good form. Like Harrison had him in a bit of bother again Saturday night and he had done previously in Ulster. But yeah. the good news for them, I think, from 8 to 15 up, like, they're playing really well. The Hughes brothers really good Saturday night. Seemed to have a good few scoring options off the bench as well. Kind of That's McCarthy, the thing. Berlin when he came on. Yeah. Um, Seven from play off the bench, I think, and they only yeah. had two from playing the first half from starters. So. so, like, the shooting was really, really good, but. Ultimately, you're going to have to take the chances that come your way. I mean, you talk about the goals, you think at the Leicester final, that Daniel Flynn chance, like against the top sides, like Galway yesterday, we saw it against Kerry. Like, if one can get goal chances against Dublin, they just have to convert them because they won't, they won't get too many of them presented to them. But Correct. you have to fancy Dublin ultimately. Yeah, I'm afraid so. But uh, that is all we've got time for here on the GA Show on the 42.ie. Uh, my thanks to Fintan as always, and thanks for moving to yourself, Shane, for coming in. We'll Delightful. See you again. Delightful. Uh, sure, you, you never know that uh, that Sunday in September we might get you back. I will have two in August, please God. Yeah. Uh, first. <laughs> and we have one in August next Monday, anyhow. That's the most important one. So yeah, the first, uh, please first God, we get over that. First Monday in August will go down in history. Well, listen, thanks everybody for your comments as well, and thanks for tuning in. We will be back uh, this time next week. Until then, take it easy.